This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Right, gents, straight into it. Semi-final week. We'll start, start at the beginning with the first of them. Dundee United v, v, v Hibs. Actually, I don't know if it's Hibs v Dundee United. I don't know which one's the, the home team. But anyway, Dundee United v Hibs. I think, well, I covered the Hibs, Hibs and Johnston game. And I know, Jim, you were at the United uh, Ross County game. So two teams who are probably feeling pretty good about themselves, or very good about themselves, after winning their uh, their quarterfinals. All of a sudden, we're we're kind of thinking, what sort of state are they going to be? Going, they they going to be in going in the semis after after pretty poor performances in their last league games. We'll obviously start with United, Jim, and I think I thought uh, out the four teams who have who are in the semi finals, Mickey Mellon was the only one who absolutely went with with the same with the guys saying there you go you've done it against Aberdeen do it again and I think what I took from that was he he wanted to be he wanted them to prove to him that it wasn't a one-off and that yes you are the guys I can I can hang my hat on in this semi-final but it hasn't worked out that way has it Jimmy he'll he'll probably have a couple of questions again I I think I have more than a couple of questions, um, Eric. I mean, look, you're always um, you're always inclined to give some players a benefit of doubt by saying, "Look, okay, they're safe in the league. They've got a cup semi final. You don't want to get injured. You know, you want to ensure that you're fit for it and all the rest of it." But that, that you know, that's not how professional sport works, or shouldn't be. And professional sport demands that you give of your best every time you take the pitch. You know, um, and. Uh, it was just such a flat performance. I mean, given the performance against Aberdeen was, I think, their their, their best. I mean, they're having a wee Twitter conversation with Andy Nicholl, formerly of this parish, you know, the rugby player. I chat to Andy quite regularly on Twitter. And, you know, we're having a wee blare about, you know, whether he thought, thought the D would come up and how United would do in the semis and that, you know. And I, I said to him, you know, he said, if we, you know, if we, because Andy's a United man, if we play as we did, in the um, in the Aberdeen game, and I said to him, "Well, that, that that was United to me. That was United's best performance of the season by a long, long way. I mean, it was beautiful, flowing stuff, crisp, short, sharp. When we talked about it, you know, on on the, on the pod, but um, it was th- this was the exact opposite. They were completely flat. They were lethargic. There was no kind of vision. Uh, the, the, the passing, um, w- w- you know, lacked a Christmas. Uh, never mind, lacked a Christmas. Defensively very they, poor. Kind of a man oh. defensively poor. They lost two goals, uh, you know, within about a four minute period. We, uh, you know, Jordan White and. I think it was uh, Akaviti, you know, uh, that, that scored 24, 28 minutes. And, and and Ross County just bossed it in terms of the statistics, in terms of passes, accuracy of passes, amount of time they're on the ball. I think it was somewhere like 62 to 38, uh, 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 as I recall, you know. Um, they just bossed the game in its entirety. Um White up front was was you know was a threat. Vigers was tidy. Michael Gardine. I'm a big Midge Gardine fan. I think Michael's a smashing player. Always have done. You know, um, he's playing out there not wide on the left. Blair Spittle had a, 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 had a good game. You know, um, just uh, and they were they were just uh, County were just un, unfazed, unbothered, untouched by United. You know, so it was a really really 
poor performance. I mean, he made the subs. He made. Uh, he, I'd actually, you know, as I watched him coming and going, I thought, I mean, I'd actually forgotten at one stage. You, you, we have five subs uh, uh, these days, but I mean, he took everybody off. McNulty came off. Shank, Shanklin, Fuchs, Harks, Reynolds all all came off. You know, all to be sub with Paula Hoti. Uh, Chalmers, uh, uh, Perry, and, and Smith all making appearances. Uh, not that it made any any difference, you know. Um, so it was just a really, really flat performance. I take nothing away from Ross County, who were terrific. But United, uh, going into that semi-final, Mickey Mellon has got a lot of thinking to do uh, about how he, you know, what, what team he puts out and how he shapes it up uh, against a side that, 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 frankly, will offer a lot more than Ross County. And Ross County offered plenty. I know, Sean. Does, does he risk... Going the same again, same again, again. Does he risk saying, okay, putting putting more stock in their performance at Petodre than in their performance at Tanadice? Because that's the that's the gamble he has now, isn't it? Which one? Which one does he believe? Which one in his gut does he think is the real Dundee United? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a challenging one because it, it, I, I think back to last week and how. Uh, how enthusiastically we raved about the performance up at up at Petodre, albeit well, against to. an Aberdeen. That were, to, yeah, yeah, oh, albeit against an Aberdeen uh, that were that were not at the races quite clearly. Uh, but I mean, even taking that away, United up there were great. They played really, really well. It was incredibly fluid. All of these things. Yeah, to not to not change that side, and, and you know, here you go, go and do it again, and for that to be the outcome. Uh, I mean, how can it not be food for thought? Ahead of a semi final, uh, which is exactly uh, not in a good way because you get you get sometimes these things that are, are good problems to have when when people are in form and are vying for position and who could do the job, who wants it more. That's that, that's a, almost a positive problem for a manager to have. But in this case, after the weekend, it's kind of the opposite of that. Um, and yeah, he's gone and made five changes during that game at, at a point, you know, later in the second half where. It's two 0 It's been two 0 for a while. Clearly, no signs of anything changing. Let's just chuck a bunch of boys on, but it, it, it hasn't made any huge impact. No impact at all on the result. Um. So yeah, uh, he's he's got some thinking to do this week. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Um. I mean, you do you think he'll? Do you think? Do you think? Which, which way do you think he'll end up? Do you think he'll uh, be a couple of changes probably. after it? Yeah. Uh, I, I think so, but the, but then the question becomes: I mean, who? Um, it's possible that you might. I don't know what Logan Chalmers' match fitness situation is at this point, and it's possible that you'll look at him and think, well, maybe you can give me. I something. bet he'd love to get him, yeah, because he was yeah. very. He made a difference to them at the start of the season, didn't he? He did, but absolutely, he, yeah, yeah, yeah he match fitness did. on the big the big pitch at Hamden. I know it's a cliche, but uh-huh. it's yeah. But, be, maybe, but beyond maybe that, I mean, you look maybe. You look at who else he could go with, maybe Sporla, perhaps, but then, you know, Jimmy Robson did well for Aberdeen, are you, are you dropping him there? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a headache for Mickey Mellon, I, th- I think you may be tempted, the one, the one the one that if I were in his shoes I might be tempted with, if he were, if he were up to speed and if I knew he were, uh, might be Logan Chalmers because he does he does give you something a little bit more dynamic, I think. As does, or as you would think, Jim, a Perry. 
But I don't think he well, trusts a Perry. I could, I well, could be I, wrong, but I, I, I don't I think, think he trusts him. I think I think we're too I think we're too deep into the season now. Yeah, it, 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 it looks to me patently obvious that he doesn't, and and, and that that kind of grieves me um, because I'm a big Perry fan. I think he, you know he has um, a, a lovely kind of rangy physique. He's got nice touch. Um, he's got a bit of vision about him. He's got a, a, a bit of pace about him. He, he, you know, when he was at his best, he, he was he was assisting. He was laying on assists for for Shankland. He just appears to be out of the picture completely. Now, he, he, as always in these situations, there will there will always be more to it than meets the eye. You know, whether it's whether it's personal issues, whether there are issues. Um, in terms of you know the, the way he the player approaches the game, training or whatever, there'll be something that the manager doesn't like. Uh, it just doesn't. Uh, you know, rate highly enough because otherwise he would be starting. There must be, there must be. Sorry, the Jim. There must be because when you think about his attributes, they they suit the top flight. They suit. They should suit this this type of football that Mickey Mellon wants his team to play. You know, like you say, they should suit their main man, Lawrence Shanklin. So there, there are there are more boxes ticked than not, aren't there, for for getting a Perry on the pitch, but. He, he hasn't had a regular run this season at all, has he? No, he, he hasn't. He just um, <clears throat> and he's looked after say when he's when he's come on. Um, he's, a, he's a big intelligent lad, you know. I've, I've uh, you know spoken him a couple of times. He's a big intelligent lad, and when he comes on, um, he just kind of looks. He, he just looks body language wise. He looks to me as though he's fr- frustrated, um, and I can understand why he would be. Uh, as I'm, you know, as you say, he, he looks as though he has all the attributes. It's not as though you know he's gone in the park and had an absolute stinker. I mean, I've never really seen him having a, a, a really bad game, but I've seen him having some very fine games. Um, but he's just one of these guys who, for whatever reason, Mickey Mellon uh, doesn't regard him as a first choice. Uh, and I think that can be difficult, you know, even when you try to pitch someone into a big game. Not that I think he will for for a moment. Um, I think there are others that, that will probably come before him, the likes of a Chalmers um, or, or a Pollitt or whatever to start or a Sporley. Um, I, I don't think that, you know, a Perry will will start because why would <clears throat> why would you suddenly inject him into a, a semi final? Um, when you've not had the, enough faith in him to be starting him in league games, I just don't think that will happen. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it probably doesn't. I think Dundee United, we, we know that they can hit the highs. They've just shown us that a fortnight ago. But probably the most, it was probably the most worrying performance of the four semi finalists. Just Sean, from the from the basis that it was the same team. They were at home to Ross County, who hadn't, you know, they're not a good team. Um, and we know that you know his 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 options are he's probably his options are are more limited, aren't they, uh, Mickey Mellons? So it's, those doubts are there, and it's just a case. I mean, and I never like to hear. I just it's something just innate that I don't think it's as easy to turn it on and turn it off at will. If if that's if that's the positive from United fans, isn't it? That basically. They didn't want, you know, it wasn't as an important game. They had their mind on the, the cup semi-final. The league's all done and dusted, but it, it ain't as easy as that, is it, to turn it on and off? Or that's that's what we that's what we get told by those that know anyway. Sure, it's. I mean, it's an it's an easy one, I think, for for United fans to look at, or it certainly was in the aftermath uh, at the weekend there to look at and go, ah, well, you know, it's not too big a deal. Rest rest of the league 
season is is made up of dead rubbers we're, we're sorted there we don't have to worry about going down we don't have to worry about going any higher in the table because well there's a glass ceiling there at seventh um the really Kilmarnock game was, was one you could do that wasn't it because it was a different team now this one's this one feels different doesn't it, it, it well it does it does but I, I do think there was an element of, of uh, and actually i was uh Having a having a wee pint on Manny's at Manny's uh, on Saturday, not uh, like outside on the pavement. Another one, another not like one. me at all. Another no, 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 one. another one. I know, another. I was twice in <laughs> twice in what three days. Dearie three me. days it was. Yeah, it was twice in three days. Yeah, but look, in, in my defence, I was excited. The pub was open again. It was uh, it was lovely, and we got a wee window of sunshine as well out there before it turned far too cold again. So I don't know. I don't know how people manage to sit outside pubs all day at this point. Because the weather's not there for that at all. Anyway, car- oh, carry on. Carry me. on. Um, I was. I did have a wee blether with uh, a United supporting pal who was uh, wandering past uh, after the result came in, and it, and it was very much like, well, you know, it's not a great result, but onward. Let, let's not deconstruct it too much, sort of thing. Um, I think there probably will be a bit of that. It's probably out of uh, out of concern. Actually, let's not look too deeply into this year. Because if we do, we, we, we might destroy the build-up to our semi here with with worry. Um, and yeah, you're right, Ross County. I, I have not been a good side. They, they've had a few sort of standout wins. To be fair to them, um, they can pass it about just if you before let the them, new year. They they can. I mean, they've beat Hibs two uh, 0 They beat Aberdeen four um, one. They beat Celtic. Beat Celtic one yeah. 0 all this year. Oh, um, everybody does that. Yeah, well, apparently so. Uh, so they, they they have uh, they have the ability to to put a performance on. Um, I'm not convinced that Saturday was one of those occasions. Um, and and also, funnily, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm looking at Dundee, and we'll come on to them, obviously. But you know, the prospect of of who did Dundee should Dundee get past either Dunfermline or Wraith Rovers in the playoffs? Who 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 would they like to play? In the Premiership playoffs, and I, I can't escape the fact that Ross County are the ones that you would want. Um, so from that perspective, it's it's for United uh, to lose two 0 at home with the same team the week before a semi. As uh, it's it's not it, 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 you can't spin that as good. I don't think that's it's not an ideal build up at all. Um, you just you're just hoping there. Yes, absolutely. You have to you have to just hope that there was a freak stumble there and, and actually come the big game against Hibs, they, they will they will get back to something approaching what they were at Aberdeen because if they're not, I can't see them win it. Well, okay, let's let's talk about Hibs as we go into the actual game then. I mean like I say, I, I did the the Hibs St Johnston game on Saturday and listen, if it had been I mean, we were, I think we were all settling in for a for a, a nil nil until uh, Ryan Porteous did his thing and picked out Glenn Middleton with an absolutely beautiful ball. Couldn't didn't even have to break stride. One touch, there we go, and it goes anyway. So yeah, Ryan Porteous for Scotland, of course, better than Jason Kerr. Um, so it was they very very few. It was like United. It was close to their starting lineup. So let's not let's not say. You know, can't say United have dropped off it after, you know, with a, with a strong team and not say the same about Hibs. They didn't have Kevin Nisbet. And I think there's the Saints factor in there as well. The Saints are a combination of, they're definitely in their heads. And they've got, Saints have got a brilliant record at Easter Road. They, 
this isn't the Saints segment, but they, you know, they 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 filled the space as well, and they made it very very hard for uh, for for Hibs to to get to get behind them basically, and you know, Boyle a couple of times looked like doing it, but Hibs definitely looked like a team that was saving themselves for the following weekend. And the fact that Nisbet didn't start, I mean, there was that he wasn't really injured. He could have played if had he uh, had it been the semi final. So I, I don't want to sort of contradict myself, but I'm definitely, definitely expecting Hibs to step it up. Although, of course, we've got all the psychological demons that they've got. I expect United to step up again as well. I think both both teams will raise their levels, but from Hibs. There's no, there's no shocks where they're going to try and get at United. They're going to try and stretch them out wide. And Boyle does look like he's coming back on a game. He, he, he flipped between the two, the two, the two wings, and obviously Nisbet can, can drag a defence out, of, out of position as well. So there we are, Jim. Is, are United equipped? I think it come down to are United equipped to deal with Boyle and Nisbet. Well, on on the basis of what I saw um, Saturday past against Ross County, <clears throat> you would think not. And uh, you know, we always talk about the wide open spaces of Hamden. I can never actually remember, you know, the, the way Hamden's been kind of brought in these days. Whether it is as wide, but it has that sense of width. You know, just that there is a kind of sense of real openness with, with the ball. And I think sometimes psychologically that affects people. But Boyle, I'm a big fan. Um, and I'm a fan of Nisbet as well. Uh, and, and, and you know, Dodge gives them, you know, something special up front as well. So I think Hibs have what in the game, you know, I often find myself saying in the modern game, modern game, the old game, you know, when, the, when football started, it's, it's always been the case. Pace, you know, players with pace to burn as long as they can then use the ball um, wisely are always much more dangerous, I think, than players that don't have pace uh, to burn. And Hibs have pace to burn. Boyle has that ability. Nisbet is quick. You know, the two of them are, are, are really lively characters. Boyle get down the flank, get in behind people, get the ball in the box for the dodge for, for Nisbet. You know, they've got a, a smart midfield um, line up, you know, between Irvin and Wright and Gojic, Gojic, uh, I always want to call him Gojic, Gojic uh, and Newell as well. They, they, they have, I think, maybe more about them than United do and certainly more about them than United do in terms of pace. The performance that United put on against Aberdeen, if they could replicate that, that you know, albeit that Aberdeen were dead flat that day, <clears throat> that would give United... Um, Serious hope in my book, but I think man for man, the league position proves that Hibs are a better side. They're a smarter side. They're a, they're probably a, a you know a cleverer side and they're a quicker side. And and if both sides turn up at their best on the day, you know, much as I would love to see United winning, you'd have to think the odds certainly slightly at least favour Hibs. Um, and Boyle will be a huge part of that. He's a, he's a, he's a flying machine. He's quick and he goes by people as though they're not there. And then you know, as they say, we dodge and. Uh, Nisbet in and around the box, real real dangerous. So United will have to be absolutely their best. But but Hibs certainly bring plenty to the, to the party if they're at their best. And I know that at the weekend Jack Ross was getting a gets a fair bit of stick from a lot of Hibs fans on online. Now, you know we 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 shouldn't read too much into that era. We know that football fans are mad. You know, I mean, the most intelligent ones are mad when it comes to football. They just, you know, they just go off at a tangent. It doesn't, you know, objectivity goes right out the window. And it doesn't matter whether it's a fella that's a lorry driver or a lawyer. They just, you know, football does strange things to people's brains, you know. And I was seeing some of the, the stick that Jack Ross, a guy that, you know, I like, and I've always got really well with. I was seeing some of the stick he was getting. I thought, wow, this guy's done a great job. Looking, looking in from the outside, he's done a terrific job at Hibs. 
and yet he was still getting stick, you know. But um, <clears throat> you know, with that with that front three they've got, that attacking three, um, they, they they look to me as though they potentially have too much in hand for United. And Doig. Doig v Smith's one I would I'd be looking forward to if I was covering the game. I mean, the, the energy that Doig's got, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. Up, up and down the left hand side, uh, Smith Smith can run all day as well. I think that'll be a, a, a key a key battle. Where else do you see it being won and lost, Sean? Uh, well, first of all, on behalf of uh, the mad football fan community, can I just say <laughs> liberal? <laughs> um, <laughs> football does drive people mad uh, and myself included sometimes I have to say um, I, I, I can't I mean you've already touched on on, on Boyle um, in particular the wide areas and, and up front and I mean where else is there That's, I, I, I can't I can't see it being a, a stodgy battle Um <laughs> in the middle of the park or anything like that. Hibs are Hibs are Hibs, Hibs generally are too expensive. I think United that. United would be quite happy if it was, wouldn't they? They would absolutely, um, and I think Jack Ross will be aware of that fact. So I, I mean, surely I don't think he would. Hibs have to go for it, don't they? Hibs, set up to play the game Hibs like have to that, absolutely. Their, yeah, they Jack, have to Jack Ross their knows where his strengths are. The rest are. of it and go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Jack Ross knows where his strengths are, and for him to 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 hobble those players and tell them to, to play a disciplined kind of holding defensive pattern and, and just take it out. That would make no sense whatsoever. Play right into United's hands. And, and, and yeah, I, I can, I can see Hibs attacking players being let off the leash and told to put United under pressure, stretch them. Um, so for me, the, the areas that you've already touched on seem to be the key ones for me. Um, I mean, the, the only risk of it becoming any other sort of game is uh, if one one or other manager wildly overthinks it and tries to, to tries to. Well, Jack, I think sort of I think Jack Ross is. Bluff. I think Jack Ross is. Jack Ross is likelier to do that than Mickey Mel, and I think we know what we're going to get from United. We don't know what the quality of their players are going to do, but I think we know what we're going to get from Mickey Mel, and I don't think he's the type to overthink it. I, I, Jim, I think Jack Ross is the type of manager who sometimes overthinks it and has certainly has that in him. And that would be where I a Hibs fan. That would be my concern, or one of my concerns. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think um, it is quite interesting. Sometimes, you know, I think what, what, one of the things that has um, surprised us all, uh, Eric. You know, we all like to think of us as keen students of the game, covering the game as journalists and broadcasters and all the rest of it. But one of the things that surprised us when no fans be at the game is we have heard the tactical genius from all of the dugout and technical areas now. You know. And quite often, lack it's of it. yeah. run, run harder, run quicker, get in there, big man. You <laughs> know, the ball, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, it's it's not it's not a lot of the stuff hasn't quite been you know Mourinho or Poch or or you know uh, or or Pepe. You know, so, some of it is going to surprise me, and it's the shallowness of its depth. You know, uh, yeah, so right. um, you know, it, it depends entirely depends on what the approach is at the weekend. Which of the two managers is the more cerebral and thoughtful about? You know his instructions to the players and all the rest. Let me, you know what? I've always believed that footballers like everything. I always, I always got to laugh when I see the pad coming out. You know, and and you've got the coach uh, pointing to the player. Here's what you know. Here's the final instructions. And the guy's obviously, you know, he's he's bent up, he's head up, he's desperate. Going, he's not paying attention. He's not, he's not really listening. You know, and I often wonder. You know, you need to keep instructions. I think. You know. Um, 
sensible, but you need to keep them short and sharp and to the point for football players, you know. To be fair, on that pad, Jim, it might just be a picture of a goal with a ball and an arrow. Get in there. That, that's true. So, so you know, I mean, uh, Jack can uh, Jack can overthink, but you can over, you know, you can overdo this stuff about managers overthink it as well. I mean, on the day, you know, the, the great managers I suspect have um, just have a smartness about them. You know, where they, they they see they spot things, they spot things on the, the pitch. It was always intriguing and, and and really illuminating when you you know you, if you sat occasionally as I've done over yeah, the years you get with to man- watch a managers game a at a game yeah. you know you sit with maybe managers up scouting the game and you maybe sit with them guys that we've known for years you sit with, or you sit with a kind of a coach or something like that and they'll point things out you think oh I, you know I never spotted that and, and saying that I have to say you know, my, my wife who used to be a regular attender always read the game better than I did so that maybe says more about me but I think you can be you can be too cerebral about the game I mean I think the, the key thing and this game will, will come down to kind of who bosses the middle of the park, who, you know, who has the more, who's quicker and who has more vision from the middle of the park. But mainly, you know, how much supply Hibs get to, the, the, you know, the guys that have got the pace, the Boyles and um, the Nisbets, you know, and how they can they contain the likes of a Dodge, you know, because, you know, you can, it's one thing to say, you know, get out, that guy's got pace, show him outside or show him inside or whatever. It's another thing entirely when some magician with a ball at his feet does things in, in a fraction of a second that you just cannot adjust your feet to take control of. He's by you, he's dropped the shoulder, he's gone by you and he's whipped one into into the box just over the head of your centre half and big Dodge has popped up and, and knocked it in at the back or something. I mean, you know, you, you can tactically analyse football until you know you're blue in the face uh, as anal- modern analysts do and there's a place for it but ultimately it's a game that rests it's a game that rests on um, you know uh, players having skill and other players make mistakes Can I just say it when you're talking about things that managers do on the touchline at the side and there's shouts and stuff like that and we have had some crackers but the f- my favourite thing that you see managers do on the touchline and it, <laughs> Callum Davidson actually did it at Ibrox is when you see them when the cross comes in and they go up to almost header it. Oh, I pretend to head it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Yeah. I love it when you see managers like header crosses in when they're nowhere near the ball or put chances away when they're nowhere near it. That's but fantastic. Just to wrap it up on the United Hibs, my, my big hope for, for United is that I think that they can be mentally stronger than, than Hibs for this one, I think. I know that four semi-finalists and you know there's no such thing as a free hit because... You know, we all know that the, the potentially game-changing sums of money that are at stake for for all the clubs. United could very much do with it. You know, if they get this all the way and they get the the European football. But I th- I've got a feeling United will be tougher mentally than Hibs if this game goes further and further. I felt that for for Saints against Hibs going in, in the Betfred semi, and it certainly panned. I mean, let's not forget just how bad Hibs were after Saints took the lead. In that last in that last semi final, you know they were awful. They just they just folded. You know it was so such a timid, tepid performance from them after that. So if United go in front, or even I don't even think they need to go in front. I think if United take them nil nil into the second half and just drag it out and drag it out, it seems it seems ridiculous that Hibs have got themselves into this state after a with no fans in the ground, b after eventually winning the Scottish Cup for the first time in goodness knows how many years, that there is now a Hamden factor at play here, a Hamden who do chat for Hibs. And it's all on the back of, you know, 
losing a Hearts and then being Sapur against St. Johnson. And I also think the pressure is now cranked up bizarrely by Rangers going out because all of a sudden, Hibs third place in the league isn't so clever because the one that's got the real pot of gold now is the Scottish Cup winner because before, if Rangers or Hibs or Celtic had won the Scottish Cup, it would have been the third place team in the league that gets the uh, the guarantee of, of European football up to Christmas. Now, you have to go and win the Scottish Cup to get it. So, all of a sudden, you know, although Hibs are the, the bookies' favourites, but they're by far the one with the most pressure on their back. And it's going to be a good manager and a, a strong, a mentally strong set of players that can overcome that, Sean, because I think I don't think you can underestimate it. United, on the other hand, just hang in there would be my, would be my game plan. Hang in there. Don't let them get the early goal and don't let them build up any momentum. Yeah, you know, the, the pre- pressure absolutely is a factor. And, and you're right, it does take, uh, uh, and it, it, well, experience maybe isn't the biggest part of it, but certainly a, a, a clever manager to, to manage that pressure because it's there. I mean, there's, there's two types of pressure. There's, there's internal pressure on the players of each side, and, and that can be to do with, there'll be a financial aspect to that um, at both clubs, for sure. Um, that's, that, I actually don't know specifically what the situation is at Ibs, but I can't imagine it's brilliant. So there will be there will be a financial pressure uh, on both sets of players, both personal and for the club that they play for. There will be the pressure that those players sort of internalise from what expectations they have and their hopes of winning a trophy. So that has to be managed as well. Um, and then, I mean, on, on top of that, there's the, the pressure that comes from beyond, which is kind of put on through fans and through the media and what have you. And and the fact with that is that Hibs are under more of that than Dundee United are, without a doubt. Because if Dundee United don't win at Hamden, folk will say... Ah well, they did well to get there. Great first season back. That will be United fans might not think like that, but that will be the general narrative around it, right? So the, the players won't be, they won't get absolutely cut to pieces for not winning this game. Whereas Hibs, that is absolutely a risk for them yeah. because yeah, if, if they the don't win, is, yeah, if they if they don't win, it won't be ah well, well done Hibs. It will be that's a failure. For them, the so first, they they first will club they to, will be to lose three semi finals yeah. at Hamden in one or three games at Hamden in one season. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, I, there is absolutely no doubt that the, the the pressure on Hibs certainly externally is greater than the pressure on United is. So that that, that comes down to Jack Ross to manage that, and that's that will be a big part of of, of what happens. No, I give I give. Uh... I give United a really a really strong chance in it, but we we shall see. Then then we're on to Sunday, Jim. Um, Callum Davidson made by far. Well, I didn't count out. I must admit, I didn't count up the number of changes that uh, Jim Goodwin made. He made a few as well. But Callum made seven changes to the team that started at Ibrox, and of course the Saints fans are saying that even even the Saints reserves can beat can beat Hibs these days, but. Beat them, they did. But it was another. It was another example of the, the sort of, you know, the, he can he can he can drop in. Doesn't make it very easy for the likes of myself to predict his his starting lineup. Certainly not for a semi final. But he can he can mix it up, and he's he's got guys that we talked. We used the trust word, didn't we, earlier on with United? Callum Davison clearly has trust in pretty much all of his sort of first team regulars and first team what you'd call fringe guys. So they got that win. 
And after I was speaking to Simon Lappin in the as one of my preview pieces, and the point we were just talking about was how what's in Saints' favour just now is this the sort of rapid fire nature of the of this competition. And I think at the minute Saints just want they just want to keep going and going and going. And then it's like the swimmer that you know has his head his or her head under the water for stroke after stroke after stroke until you know knowing that the wall's coming up. But then just have a look when <laughs> when it's all done and dust and see where you are. I think Saints, that's kind of the best analogy I can have for Saints at the minute. They just want to keep going and going and going, don't they? And then see it and then all of a sudden, you know, they might look up and think, oh yeah, we've won two trophies and we're in Europe. You know, I think that's the type of, you know, they're not, they're not having any time to sort of, you know, you know, take themselves out of it and think, oh, what have we done and what could we do next? And, oh, we're waiting a long time for the next game. They're just going game to game, aren't they, Jim? Which is a lovely place to be for a, for a football team, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been a quite remarkable season, you know. I mean, when, when Tommy Wright left, given what Tommy had done, you know, the great job he'd done at Saints, winning the Scottish Cup and all the rest of it, you did kind of think to yourself, how how is this going to pan out? <clears throat> um, the Callum Davidson appointment now has been inspired. Um, and, and, and a great many things have flown from it. You know, the... the, the the hellish start that they had, there was still a sense of calmness pervaded Perth. There was no panic. People weren't shouting, get them out, you know, uh, we need to kind of make signings or whatever. Um, it, it, you know, it, it kind of righted itself um, and he's now got, he's built a team that have got confidence, they've got camaraderie, they've got quality. Um and they just, they take each game as it comes. And as you say, there's been a kind of, you know, a quick fire effect to the games. They've just rattled through them. Um, they've done brilliantly in the league. Uh, and the cup, you know, Eric, had somebody said to you at the start of the season, St. Johnson might end up winning the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, what kind of odds would you have got on that? And yet it is an absolutely realistic possibility. I th- actually think it's a very good possibility. It's quite dramatic, um, <clears throat> you know, what, what they they might do here. And they've got quality all the way through the side. You know, I mean, we've talked at length about, you know, young McCann in the midfield, what a fine player he is. But, you know, all, all over the side. I mean, Middleton's been a, 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 you know, a great acquisition on loan from Rangers. Kane is an intelligent player, you know. Um, and it just, you know, the, 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 the back line of McCartan, Gordon and, and Kerr have done brilliantly. And it's when you look at the bench, what they've got on the bench as well. You know, I mean, the, the bench... Uh, um, it's just incredible. You know, they've got so much strength on it, you know, in terms of Conway, Davidson, Wotherspoon, May, uh, Rooney, depend, Melamed, depending what game it is, you know, depending how, you, you know, Callum is shaking it about. It's a really, really strong depth of squad for, for, a, for a club that doesn't have a massive squad. It's actually, you know, very strong in, in depth and quality. So, um, I'm a big admirer of, of, of St. Martin, Jim Goodwin. I think he's done well, but I, I think that Saints will have too much for them in, in, in this game. They've got qualities all over the park, I think, that, that will propel them into um, their second final this season. Yeah, St. Martin are, Sean, I've seen all the, the, the Saints St. Martin games. Um, the first one, when Saints really needed a 1 0, uh, the Perth Saints really needed a 1 0. Stevie May scored it. It was, right, it was right in the middle of that sort of run where they were dominating teams but couldn't score and it was a very, very significant result. Um, but now looking on reflection, I still think the only one I'd put it close to in terms of Saints absolutely dominating their opponent would be the Motherwell game before before the uh, the final, before the Betfred final. Those two stand out as the performances when Saints were utterly dominant. But I mean, the abs- I mean, I can remember Jim Goodwin making I'm sure he made a first half 
substitution, a tactical one, just to try and get to grips with sorting out how this game was going against his team, which I, I, I like to see a manager do that at some point, you know, because it was so clear that they were getting outplayed. It didn't work on that occasion. And then the second game at St. Murn was the, the, the Jason Kerr one. Again, Saints were in charge of that game. So they weren't playing as well at that point. It was probably their poorest, their, you know, their poorest run of form. Yeah, I probably would say it was the poorest run of form of the season, but it turned on Jason Kerr sending off. St. Murn won it. And then the third one was a bit of a, it was a tight one. It could easily have been a draw. And then Guy Melamed's we was the moment of class that puts puts it through for Kane, who ball comes back and he finishes it off off the rebound. So I, I like Jim. I think I think St. Bernardo, they are a decent team, and I think they'll try to play football, which will possibly which will possibly help Saints. It's they're they're an unpredictable one for me, St. Bern, Sean. I, I just I I don't know. It, listen. It, I just, going back the way, I was happier when Saints got Livingston in the cup final than St. Murn. So I, I'm still not, I'm not, I'm not one of those that says, oh, great, Saints got St. Murn. You know, I think Saints are 60 40 to, to win it. But St. Murn surely will, surely they'll be freed up, or will they, by kind of not almost freezing in their semi final against, against Livingston? Possibly. Uh, and then it could, it could equal, it could work the other way. Equally, as well. I mean, there's again. This is this is pr- the pressure factor is there, um, and all right. I mean, you look at St Johnston, and you can say, hey, they've got a chance to do a double here, and that brings pressure with it. But for a club like St Johnston, does it really? I'm not. I'm not convinced that the pressure of that is huge. I don't. I don't think they'll be feeling that enormously at this point. I just think they'll be absolutely delighted <laughs> that they're there. Um. This has come a completely out of the ordinary occurrence that that St John a club. Like oh, the Rangers, the Rangers thing. How position. does the Rangers thing? Does the Rangers thing just make you think? Let's just go for it now. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. You're, 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 you're seconds seconds away from going out the competition at Ibrox and all everything. We're not going back over that again. That must free up, wouldn't it? Mustn't it? Yeah. No, I can I can absolutely see that side of things. I I just I think that all right. They've, they've done something that not... Well, actually, St Mirren have knocked them out of a cup this season, funnily enough. <laughs> and uh, St Johnson now have as well. Um, and St Mirren followed knocking Rangers up by uh, by not performing uh, against Livingston um, in their semi. Um, so, yeah, there's that there's that possibility. But at the same time, I just... Um, I, I, I sense something about this St Johnston side at this point and its development where there is just this level of a growing level of consistency and this is one of these weird airy fairy things but there seems to be this just belief and I think that's kind of spreading beyond the players to, to fans now I think fans are looking at even saying right we're, we've got St Mirren we're 60-40 oh, no. I mean that's Teams you'll take that all day St Johnson Teams want to voice St. Johnson in the Scottish Cup semi-final. It's never happened before, has it? Let's face it. And it probably won't happen again. I think it's just that it's, it does feel like a bit of a moment in time. And listen, like I say, St. Murn could... They're one of these teams, you know, that can raise their game to a sort of... To St. Johnson's level, absolutely, and possibly even, even above. But I don't think... I think we can guarantee that St. Murn will have to... Will have to 
go pretty high here because I think you can, I mean, listen, it's one game, anything can happen. But Jim, I think you can guarantee a 7 out of 10 from St. Johnson, can't you? And, you know, that seems to be their, that seems to be their bare minimum at the moment, doesn't it? Well, Eric, I mean, <clears throat> where, where does confidence come from? Confidence comes from, you know, a belief in your own abilities, a belief uh, in your abilities, which which history tells you, i.e. this season uh, with this particular side, history tells you that you're capable of, of certain things and capable of fulfilling certain things. I mean, we, know, we all know there are some dumpsies in life that wander through with, with vast confidence uh, uh, who have got inabilities to do anything. We've all worked beside them, you know, but, but by and large, your confidence in a football team comes from the fact that you know you have a group of players collectively who physically and mentally are capable of, of great things. And, and and in Scottish terms, this St. Johnson side, I think, have proved that. I mean, you know, to, to, to go to Ibrox, um, with, you know, with, with what Steven Gerrard has done, uh, you know, with that Rangers side this season and winning the league and come away, you know, with that result, albeit, you know, penalties and all the rest of it, is a terrific confidence booster. I mean, I, I suspect this will be a golden, a golden period in St. Johnson, St. Johnson's history. I mean, you know, we don't want to kind of put a damper on things, but you know, people will already be circling and looking. We've talked about this. Well, people will be looking at McCann. They'll be looking at Callum Davidson. You know, um, for for what for what they are achieving. But they are a side with confidence. There's a kind of you know what. There's not a brashness about St. Johnson, but there maybe should be because <clears throat> they're doing everything to. Allow them to be brash if, if, if they wish, but there's a general kind of, um, a, a, just a, a, a quiet confidence about that side in terms of what they can do. They've got all the attributes. They've got pace when they need it. They've got hardness when they need it. There's vision when they need it. Um, they're, they're solid at the back. You know, the, 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 everything that, that points to me towards you know the, the club beating St. Martin and, and going into the Scottish Cup final and potentially in, into Europe, you know, um, two cups in Europe. Can you imagine? It would be quite incredible. So not knocking St. Martin for a minute. I think Jim Goodwin's done a fine job there. It's probably destined for bigger things uh, in the game. But I think all told, over the piece, Saints will have too much for them. And this will be, we will reflect, I think, come the end of the season on just what a golden period it's been for St. Johnson and everyone at McDermott Park. Well, Sean, Dundee, they did it. They got there. Um, they got their second place. It was, you know, Wraith faltered towards the end, but credit to Dundee. Are you feeling, are you feeling confident for them now that they've got that extra week where they can they can kind of put their feet up? And I'm sure they'll be training, ticking over. They can watch Dunfermline and Wraith batter each other and run themselves into the ground. Hope from a from a Dundee point of view, with the hope. They've got to feel pretty. They've got to feel optimistic now. Getting past, getting past Dunfermline or or Wraith now, and getting into the the, the Premiership playoff, haven't they? Got to be yep. confident. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, you look at you look at the the, the record towards the end of the season. Um, I mean, they haven't lost in the league uh, since the sixteenth of March, um, which was uh, that three one at home to air. Um, five wins in there since then. Uh, there were those three draws, sort of when they looked like they were just kind of going to stumble over the line and maybe their maybe their playoff place was in a bit of doubt, but they, they, they won the last two really, really convincingly. And um, yeah, they, they, I, I think they're, they're in a good position. I've, again, I'm bored of saying this. I've tried to, to be positive about Dundee all season, all season. Um, so I'm not going to change tack now. 
<laughs> I'm sticking with it. Um, I, 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 Wraith have dropped off. Um, I think they've they've lost defenders. I mean, Masonda, yes. that was a big blow. is a big they one. Didn't they? They looked like. I mean, obviously they've done well to take get nil nil and take Don Felman back to back to Starks with that. They may well get through it because I think Dunfermline are a team with issues, but Wraith Wraith look like they've peaked to to my eyes. And that's that's me. That's not somebody who's watched who's watching their games by any means. I'm just I'm just popping in and seeing the ones that are on the telly and looking at the sort of the guys that are dropping out, but I think out of the three that are left, Dundee would have to be strong favourites, Jim, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, let's be positive here. I mean, you know, the, the, that, that was a good win um, last Friday night, Cummings, Cummings with the two goals. And I just, I look at the side and I think, you know, when you've got McGowan, Cummings, McMullen available to you, uh, and you've got, you know, Charlie Adam, you know, available from from dead balls and all the rest. That's before you get into like so what Ashcroft has brought in recent times. You know, with the aerial power he's got from uh, from corners and all the rest of it. You know, I just think there's enough about this side um, to 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 go all the way this time. I mean, I, I was saying earlier, I was having a wee chat with Andy Nichol. Um, and, you know, we're chatting generally. I mean, Andy's a great Dundee boy. He's done brilliantly as a rugby player for a club and country, you know. And, and he's like myself. He's, he's a proud Dundonian. He wants both sides, irrespective of which side of the street you, you lie on. If you're a Dundonian, you want both of these sides, both of our great sides up in, in, in the top division. And and I say to him, I, I think Dundee can, you know, d- d- depending on who goes down, irrespective, you know, whether it's Kelly, County or whatever in <clears throat> the second bottom place or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think that Dundee side have the ability. I know that, that there's an extra couple of games and all the rest of it, but that's a side to me that have the ability to get themselves back into the Premiership. And 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 if they do, fair play to James McPate because there have been times this season where you've thought, as his jacket on a sugarly peg, you know, will he continue to get backing from John Nelms, from um, uh, you know, and from Tim Keyes? And I mean, I've written the column earlier this season. When you appoint a young manager who's inexperienced, you've got to back him. You know, there's no point of putting him in and expecting him to do what Alec Ferguson did. You've got to back him. You've got to help guide him when when he needs it. You've got to have faith in his judgment and all the rest of it. And it's coming good. It's coming good. And and you know, and I think that, that you know, irrespective of whether it's Wraith or, or Dunfermline, I think Dundee have got enough in hand. To when those two playoffs, I mean, then you know, then there's a couple of extra games that have kind of, you know, taken a bit out of their legs. But um, then it's all hands to the pump if they get through that, and they take whatever is thrown at them in terms of who finishes second bottom. And I think it's a side that have got the ability to go. It's just, it's, it really is just a pity, I have to say, that fans are not allowed back in because you could imagine Dundee in these playoffs. Dense Park would have been chock a block. They'd have been, you know, they'd all have been chock a block. Whether you know whether it was kind of. Whether they play Wraith, whether they play Dunfermline, whether they play Kelly or Ross County or whoever, they're all been chock a block. But I think that's a Dundee side that have got, you know, I'm, I'm not measuring them alongside St. Johnson, I don't mean that, but I think there's a growing confidence, there's a camaraderie in the squad, there's there's a sense of belief now about the squad, there's a kind of sense of togetherness and a sense that they finally know that they're doing what they're capable of doing, you know. So I hope, you know, I hope I'm not being overly kind of optimistic here, although I want to be optimistic, but I genuinely think that things are, are, are gelling and coalescing, the stars are coalescing at the right time for this Dundee side to get back. Well, Sean, we were talking about Jack Ross and I do think, I do think occasionally James McPake's got, got it in him to to overthink and, and come up with a team selection that makes you think, oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, he's done a lot of things right this this year, 
James McPeg and deserves a credit to come to come out of that that run like when like Jim was talking about when you know there was some there was some horrible horrible results. I just think Dundee. I can I'm not going to name them one to eleven, but I can. You know what I mean, Sean? I don't want him to do anything that you think, oh, like, 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 it, like when he took Sean Byrne out of the team for a run of games. I just think that me for me that was just daft. You know, Sean Byrne was Dunfermline. Eh, sorry, Dundee are better when Sean Sean Byrne's in the team, and I, I, I just, yeah, I hope he picks the right teams. Is 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 what I'm saying, and I and I hope my hope is that your Jason Cummings and people like that. I now starting to relish the spotlight being on them, and you know, thinking, yeah, this is for me. I quite fancy this, and the ego, the ego comes out. You know what I mean? And the sort of the the guys that the guys that have been at the big clubs think, yep, this is my stage. Because Dundee have got a few of them. Let's face mm-hmm. it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they have. And in terms of team selection, um, you wouldn't be doing too much to the team that's, that's played the last couple of games. There was obviously. Um, down at Queen of the South, um, Liam Fontaine wasn't there. Um, but I mean, beyond that, there wasn't a change. I don't think. Um, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be tampering with that too much because that's that's the side that's that's done all right. And at this point in the season, that familiarity is, is going to be important. I think. I would, I, if I was in his shoes, I would. I would leave it uh, pretty much as is. Yes, and you're you're right. You're right about the the sort of. The bigger name players, if you like, um, and, and and in particular the ones with the with with the egos, as you say. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think a bit of self belief can. All of the all of these top players have got that. I think without that, they're not top players. Um, so yeah, the, the likes of Jason Cummins, he's he said it himself. You know, um, I think actually he said it in the in the run up. Was it after Queen of the South or before it? I can't remember. But he said, I'm, I'm a big game player and I thrive on the big stage. And yeah, there you go. He's, he's got a double and, and an important, important game. And the next one's even more important. So for him, you would think that he's looking at this and going, brilliant. You know, this is, I, I, I came up the road to join this club to get them back up to the Premiership. We're in the playoffs. It's going to be on the telly as well. Sky have got it. Um, so. They're going to show it. That's that should feed right in to to a guy like Cummings and all of the other players who've played at a, a certain level for Dundee as well. They should be absolutely thriving off this. And um, yeah, for, I mean that's part of the reason why you would give them a chance. Um, and again, pressure comes into it because we've we've discussed this with every club that we've talked about so far. Of course, there's pressure on Dundee to get promoted. There always will be when they're in the Championship. Um, but for a, a team that's not in great form, who's at risk of being relegated, with all the all the the consequences that come with that financially or whatever, and I know that if if it, let's say it's Ross County, things are slightly different at that club because of the because of the way they're set up um, and, and and who their benefactor is. But there's still going to be that pressure because people's jobs are at stake, you know. Um, so the, the pressure on whoever, if Dundee get past Dunfermline and Wraith, if, if they're fortunate enough to do that, and uh, fortunate's the wrong word, if they do the job and get through, the pressure will be greater on the other team, and I think that gives Dundee a fantastic chance. Yeah, Jim. Before we before we leave, are we are we Angus Roundup? Fantastic for our growth to to stay up again, even more, possibly even even better achievement for Montrose to get in the playoffs again. What a phenomenal! 
end of the end of the league one. I mean, for, I'm glad we're not doing a Falkirk podcast by the way because oh, gee, what's what a what's a what's a few years they've had at that club. You just when you think they can't fall any lower, that happens. And and Gary Irvin gets the the fourth job permanently. So yeah, our our both first up, Jim. It's it's great to. I, well, we've all got a soft spot for for. Dick Campbell and our broth, just the way that the way that they've they've kept kept up amongst the full time teams. But it's great to see a part time team survive in, in that league, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I, I mean, the, you know, the second season now, um, they've been. On, I'm delighted for everyone down there. You know, I know Mike Kerr, the chairman, makes a, a terrific good guy. People to, to deal with, yeah. John Chris is great people to deal with. You know, they're, they're, I mean, I think I, I said in a column earlier on this year, the you know the old Kipling phrase about treating the the two imposters, you know, defeat and victory, just the same. If they lose, they lose, and they lose with a bit of dignity. You know, if they win, they win, and they win with a bit of dignity. You know, and they've done terrifically well, and <clears throat> they had a wobbly start as well, but. You know, it, it's come good for them, and Dick Campbell has done a fabulous job. As have the players, as as have the entire committee that run things at Gayfield. So it's fantastic. It really is fantastic to to see them up. Um, and and they've they've been a big addition, I think. You know, I mean, you know, I I am sadly old enough to remember when our both actually were a, a fixture in the old first division. You know, under the great Albert Henderson. I was down there actually last week having my fish and chips at the harbour, chewing the, chewing the fat with a couple of our uh, both fans. We were kind of we were going back down the you know down the road. I mean, you know, our both are a, are a great old Scottish institution, and they've done brilliantly. They've done fantastically well under Dick and his brother Ian Pink, as we know him. You know, to uh, and a big rab. You know, on the on the sidelines there, as coach comes standing, forty-nine-year-old goalie or whatever he is now, maybe he's in fifty. I don't know. Um, you know, so it, it's been it's been magnificent. We always want to see the Angus sides doing well. Montrose have done uh, brilliantly as well. Stuart Peter's done a, a, a terrific job um, there with them as well. He's one that's destined, I think, also for for a big future in management uh, in the game. You know, um, so. You know, maybe maybe you know, things are less bright. At, obviously, at Station Park with Forfar and 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 Brechin are in a real turmoil, real turmoil facing the uh, the playoffs. I mean, I think it, it didn't. Uh, Kelty won. Was it three 0 Ended up uh, uh, against Brora, so it looks like they're going against Kelty. You know, Missed so two penalties. But, uh, so aye, but go. I mean, from from the perspective of of you know the two that we're looking at are both Montrose. It's a uh, a massive success story uh, th- this season for both the clubs. Two 0 uh, Jim. Two 0 uh, It was two two 0 Sorry, they'd got. I think they'd got a penalty last to look. And they, they 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 must have missed that one. I was I was I was busy last night. I was I was having phone calls with a senior leading Scottish politician at the time. You know, so <laughs> so I missed it. <laughs> I missed it on that one. You know, um, but no, I mean, what, what, you have to what go to another job. podcast to listen about. Aye, that. That's for another one. You know, <laughs> what what a job Stuart Petrie has done at Montrose, and what a job Dick Campbell has done at Arbroath, and it's magnificent. To, to to see the two of them doing so well, you know. Stuart, Pe- Stuart Petrie and Montrose, Sean, oh, incredible, incredible finale for them. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Uh, and f- from where they've come uh, since Stuart Petrie took over as well, it's, it's, it's quite, quite remarkable. I remember when I was working for the Sunday Post um, covering um, Montrose against... Brora, oh, actually, yeah, funnily yeah. enough. The, yeah. Mar- yeah. the, Mar- the Marvin, Andrews, Martin. The Marvin Andrews game. Exactly, yeah, yeah that's, that's the very that one, one I remember being at that game. <laughs> um, and, you know, that being concerned that Montrose were about to drop out and then, of course, the fear being that will we see them again if they do go? Um, because they, they, they'd been down towards the bottom um, yeah, the, two, well, the bottom league for, for a good few yeah. years. Um, so for them to... to to escape that 
in the way they did. And then Stuart Petrie comes in and the turnaround's been incredible. Absolutely incredible. I think that was it's possibly been the wake up call that, that that Montrose needed at that time and by God they've 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 reacted well to it because they've come nowhere near that again. Um, and now they're 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 put themselves in a position where they're on the brink of, of, of being in the championship, joining their big Angus, Angus rivals Darby's in the championship. In the championship. <laughs> um and for all that there's a there's a, a great rivalry between the supporters of Arbroath and Montrose. I, I suspect there'll be there'll be a real desire amongst even Arbroath fans to see Montrose come up because those derbies are are, are, are great great occasions in Angus. Um, I've been to a few of them myself. Um, so it, a, a truly, truly fantastic, and, and, and Stuart Petrie is, is, deserves all of the praise in the world because he's he really really has done. An incredible job since he took over at that club. I know I was comparing the Carnoustie Juniors dinner a couple of years ago, and there was an Arbroath, an Arbroath supporter there that night, and he insisted to me that Arbroath Montrose was a bigger derby than Real Madrid Barcelona. And you know, I was waiting on the punchline, and he was deadly serious. He was deadly serious about it. You know, when well, listen, one of the things they have, they've had a couple of young United boys on loan, of course, haven't they? You know, um, but you know, isn't it great for the likes of Sean Dillon? You know, who who, who went down there? You know, um, it's just it's just a terrific success story for them and to have the two of them if, if, you know if, if it ends up the two of them are battling out the championship that will be fantastic um, for this area it'll be brilliant No it would I think Stuart Petrie's one of those that because he's got a good job it would have to be a very good full time position to to tempt him out of it I suspect I don't want to speak for him you know but you know I think the one that's and I'm, again I'm not talking uh, I'm not talking Stevie Crawford out of a job who knows he could be he could be in the premiership with Dunfermline in the next in the next within a few weeks, but Stuart Petrie does have that connection with Dunfermline, doesn't he? You know, he was their he was their hero in their promotion team all those years ago. So that's always felt like if 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 he was going to go into football full time football, that would be the place, you know. But listen, we shall see. But he's doing a phenomenal job with with Montrose at the moment, and you know, as is Dick, as is Dick Campbell, and hopefully. Hopefully Gary Irvin will with Forfar as well and you know they can sort themselves out and start moving upwards again. Okay guys, well thanks again. We'll we'll maybe have uh maybe have another old Tayside Scotch Cup final to, to look forward to in the in the next podcast next week. Let's uh, let's hope so anyway. Okay, cheers guys and thank you very much for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.